0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Metal Mama podcast. My name is Candace, otherwise known as the Metal Mama. And today I finally have the one thing that I've been talking about. You guys heard about it on the, um, two episodes ago with Pete Rawcliffe. We finally got a lady in metal here, and I'm going to let her introduce ourselves.
1: Hi, I'm Charlotte Bickler. I'm the front woman for uh, Terminal Dusk from Portland, Oregon. We are technically a female fronted symphonic metal band but honestly we have like a lot of prog rock influences and you know metal influences so it's kind of hard to put us in a
0: box (laughs) I love that though that's great And you guys were, you guys are new on my radar. So you were introduced to me through um, a Discord server that we all share. Mm -hmm. And that was like how I first heard of you guys. So tell, just kind of like give everybody a little bit of whatever info you want to give about your band. So it was kind of a
1: weird situation how it came together. We were really born of the pandemic, oh nice right suddenly having just a lot of time on our hands (laughs) and uh matt was actually he's the founder of the project and he's like the one that came up with the name and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. he had gone through a few singers trying to find you know exactly what he was looking for and was kind of struggling with that i was with a completely different project um i'm not sure if you know what mass effect is but it is yes My favorite video game series of all time. I had Mm -hmm. written a song with this other project that was based off of like the storyline of Mass Effect. Mm -hmm. And we had gone to a studio, hired an engineer, hoping to get that track released when the Legendary Edition came out. Mm -hmm. But like the guitarist never recorded his parts. So that song never, Yeah. yeah, like never left the ground. And we spent money like on studio time and stuff. But as luck would have it, the engineer, his name is Andy Green. He's like, I have this friend, Matt, that I really think you should get in contact with. Oh, yep. So that's how we joined forces. And we started doing stuff, just the two of us, for quite a while. And then um, Kevin was the first one to join on our lead guitarist. And then we picked up Sean Bayer, who is on drums. And then more recently, we just uh, added Roya Hellbender on bass. And she's amazing. And Mm -hmm. just really was like The missing piece for us And now we're a full-fledged five-piece band
0: Yay! (laughs) Yay! I love that Yeah, and I noticed that Your your bass player is also a lady Which I'm like, yes, yes, yes (laughs) Yeah
1: And uh, we definitely like bond over the nerdy side of things So that's fun too
0: (laughs) Yeah, you and I You and I have already bonded over that Very quickly (laughs) on Discord We're like, oh, wait a minute We're we're now friends (laughs) We're nerds (laughs)
1: and especially like not to like call out our ages or anything but growing up in the time that we did it wasn't Mm -hmm. like cool or accepted to be a nerd in the way that it's Mm -hmm. kind of becoming now so when you find ladies like around our age or from our generation that like stuck it out and they're like you know what I'm just gonna love this no matter what it's kind of rare
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it is but you're right it was it was always like you know Because I remember being young and like, you know, being kind of nerdy and getting made fun of for it. And now it's like, oh, you're a nerd. That's so cool. It's like, wait a minute. It's like, (laughs) where were you 20 years ago? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, that's, but Metalhead's like for, not always, but for the most part, we're kind of nerdy.
1: Yeah. I think that there's some truth in that for
0: sure. Mm -hmm like a lot of metalheads I meet are you know into something nerdy tons of us play dungeons and dragons and like mm. you know I've got a couple people that I talk to that are like massive fans of Tolkien of course we know some metal bands are huge fans of Tolkien so Oh absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: And I think it's kind of a natural transition just because when you think about the lyrics or even the composition of a lot of like metal, especially European metal bands, mm-hmm. it's very based in fantasy like realms. So mm-hmm. it just yeah, it just kind of makes sense. And plus when you're like in the middle of a battle in, in dungeons and dragons and you want to have music playing like you're not listening to Dua Lipa. I mean, you need some like no.
0: Glory <laughs> Hammer or something. Yeah, you're listening, exactly. You're listening to something that's going to make you be like, I want to hit this with my sword. And, exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always, uh, I'm I'm the DM for my current campaign, and I always threaten my players and tell them that one day they're going to end up with a bunch of one shots just based off, like, songs from power metal bands. And, yeah. <laughs> I have threatened that many times. I'm probably going to end up doing it, too, I promise.
1: <laughs> that would be amazing.
0: I already wrote one that's based off a song from Rhapsody of Fire. And uh, I was like, yeah, I was like, this would be a perfect one shot. And I had listened to Induction's new EP. And there was one song where I was like, this could be a and d campaign <laughs> so easily. <laughs> oh, Rhapsody of Fire, too. They're like, speaking of like
1: epic sounding bands, they're like absolutely who you want to have. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they're like the perfect. That's the other thing with metal is like metal is the perfect D&D soundtrack.
1: It absolutely is. Yes,
0: (laughs) absolutely is. And that's that's the other reason why I think so many of us are like nerdy in some way, shape or form.
1: Yeah, I would absolutely agree. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So before we get into like just chit chatting on stuff, I know that you guys just had a brand new music video come out. So let's let's talk about that.
1: Definitely. Mm-hmm. So the song is also the, the title track of the EP. It's called Marionette. Mm-hmm. Originally, when Matt was writing it, I think he was kind of like being inspired by Star Set a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're, they're a band that he and I love and like one of our common, like strong love bands. Aww. But for some reason, when I listened to it, <laughs> I kept getting circus vibes. <laughs> okay. And so I definitely, when I wrote the the melody and like the vocal parts, because I, I write and record all the harmonies as well. Mm-hmm. Um, When I was thinking of the scale I was going to write it in, I went for a very like circus style scale as well with a lot of the minors and the dissonant notes and things mm-hmm. like that. And so when we went to go, do the music video it felt like it only made sense to continue with that circus feel mm-hmm. and then we brought on um, Sergio who his band is called Anaria. and he um, has Wild Thorn Productions as well he's been our engineer for some time uh, with the mixing of the songs and nobody knows them better than him Okay, so it felt like a natural choice to be like, hey, Sergio, we want to make this video. What do you think? And so we put our ideas out there and collaborated with him. And he was the mastermind behind getting the stilt walker to be the puppet master. So he would be, you know, bigger than me as he's manipulating Mm -hmm. the strings and stuff. And so, yeah, it was it was all pretty seamless. Everybody kind of had the same vision which is nice
0: (laughs) oh that's super cool
1: right and so because you know we are an independent um band and you know financing ourselves and everything we we definitely hired Sergio and paid for him to come out but um we ended up filming in a uh a warehouse Uh, I almost said studio, but it was not. It was a warehouse. (laughs) um, Hey. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, our guitarist, Kevin, works uh, for Moto Corsa, which is a motorcycle shop. And so we got one of their warehouses. And it had no AC or anything. And it was oh no, well over 100 degrees both days that we were filming. You had people going out to their cars just to get like the AC going. And, you know, my makeup was melting off. And
0: I was of just going to ask, like, how did you handle that with not just your makeup, but your clothes too? Because you're like wearing a corset and everything.
1: I know. It was, uh Yeah. Definitely a lot of water, a lot of trips Oof. out to the car for the air conditioning.
0: <laughs> oh, man, that <laughs> is brutal. Lots of touch-ups. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. You got to, like, like just cake on the ceiling spray at that point.
1: Oh, my gosh, it's so true. Well, and, like, it was such a funny conversation because, you know, guys, they're not, you know, most guys are not as knowledgeable about makeup. And I had mm-hmm. the uh, the setting spray and they're like, what is that? And, you know, you explain it. They're like, it's like <laughs> hairspray for your face. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, kind of. Yeah, it just doesn't, you know, it's not going to burn you like hairspray would if it gets in your eyes. But, yeah, that's accurate.
1: Yeah, I'm like, conceptually, that's about
0: yeah. right. Yeah, that works. Oh, man, 100 degrees <laughs> yeah. in that. I cannot imagine how rough that was for you.
1: Well, and I mean, it's not like, you know, the guys were in much you know, more breathable clothing than, than yeah. we were. So everyone's got their, their jackets and, you know, their their leathers and stuff. And so mm-hmm. so it was yep. definitely an interesting uh, situation for all of us.
0: I was I was actually just going to bring that up and be like, that's actually pretty brutal for the entirety because it's a metal band, which means you've got your leather and the whole nine <laughs> yards. And none of that is great for 100 degree, like sweltering warehouse filming
1: no and poor Sean you know we we were playing the song um, live like some people pantomime it I think but we like mm-hmm. just went for it and like Sean's playing the drums which already like works up a sweat anyway oh yeah so we're like Are you yeah. okay back there
0: <laughs> it's like you know like dousing him in water in between takes like you're fine man it's cool know, we probably should have been <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have this imagined like you know treating him like a boxer you know how the coach is like come on get back in there <laughs> Then. yeah exactly that's kind of what just popped in my head I was like that probably happened and now it did in my head
1: yeah I think that becomes canon now
0: I'm so glad you understand what head canon is <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh absolutely <laughs> I think you have to being a gamer like you have to fill in the blanks sometimes
0: mm-hmm.
1: um as a side note I will come back to the video um I don't know if you've ever heard of the two girls, one shit podcast, but I am a major fan girl of theirs and hang out in the, so sorry that I turned that off my phone. Um, I <laughs> spend time in their discord as well. And they have a whole like sub um, like channel for mundane moments that people make up as their head mm-hmm. can. And like, I'm pretty sure this happened somewhere in between here with these characters.
0: So. I, I don't, I don't see a problem with that as somewhat no. like I play I play pretty frequently Final Fantasy fourteen and there's times mm-hmm. where I'm like this is such like a mundane like slice of life moment and in my head <laughs> this is what happens. So I understand this.
1: Yes. Perfect. You know exactly where I'm coming from.
0: Yep, I do. I understand.
1: <laughs> but yeah, we did have a big industrial fan though, and mm-hmm. it was basically like animals in the jungle at the watering hole like we were all pretty much gathered around it as much oh, as possible
0: <laughs> wow yeah but like that that's a story to tell not to mention the fact that you can now safely say like look our video was completely metal and here's why <laughs> <laughs> like it was brutal man <laughs> Yeah. here's what we went through to get it done <laughs>
1: And uh, luckily for me, uh, I had my younger sister with me. She's like the Mm -hmm. biggest supporter of the band, seriously my best friend in the world. And so she was very um, hell-bent on taking care of me. Anytime it looked like I was getting like glossed over in the eyes, she was the one that was like, nope, we're taking a minute.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Me too. She's pretty great. She's kind of like the good version of a stage mom yeah
1: exactly and like the band loves her too everybody's always talking about her yeah and she's she's a great singer in her own right as well oh that's super cool
0: i love that (laughs) i uh and i know that you guys not and just for anybody listening guys the link for the music video will be in the show notes don't worry if you haven't seen it yet you're gonna get your chance but (laughs) you guys also are playing a live show like tomorrow i believe yeah
1: tomorrow night um so if you're in the portland area come to it's called the six music venue um it is attached to a bar that's called the six below midnight they're the same entity but they have two different names but yeah that's going to be tomorrow i believe the doors open at seven so nice. yeah if you're in the area please come check us out we're playing with uh, three other really cool bands so
0: Sweet. And I will, uh, I will also utilize the Googles and find the links to that venue too, for anybody that wants to check it out. Absolutely. They have an event page, uh, for us there too. So sweet.
1: That's yeah. awesome.
0: <laughs> I love that. That like I was, um, it, you know, like here we have a local metal scene too, but, um, it's not very heavy on like the symphonic or the power metal here. you got a lot of speed, a lot of thrash, you got some death metal thrown in there too um yeah. Uh, yeah, but you don't you don't see a lot of symphonic or power metal out of denver and honestly, the bands
1: that we kind of align ourselves with they're as close as we can get, but mm-hmm. we don't have any other true like symphonic metal bands around the area either. Like, the last show we played, there was this band that was really great, but they kind of sounded more like, um, oh my gosh, I just totally forget their name. It makes it a really great story. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, like, Bulls on Parade, Rage, mm-hmm. Rage Against the Machine is what they sounded like. So yeah, it's, okay. like, not exactly the same. <laughs> no, us.
0: that's not not really symphonic metal, yeah.
1: No, so, but, I mean, we we do have a very, like welcoming and, and warm community of anybody that's in the rock or like the heavy rock and kind of on the verge of metal out here but there's not a lot of uh, real true true metal
0: yeah i was uh i think like when you guys popped in the discord that we share i remember me and power metal ranger we were like let's think of some american bands that are similar uh, i got nothing <laughs> You know, <it's> just... <laughs> I know right it's so hard to think of, like, when you're, and you and I were talking about this right before the show, when you're dealing with, like, power and symphonic metal, American bands is like, there's dozens of us. Dozens! <laughs> I know. It's So true. It was not, yeah. And, well, I mean, you were telling me that you have to, usually have to take one heck of a drive just to get to shows sometimes.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So... My husband and I actually took our motorcycle all the way from Portland to San Jose, <laughs> made a whole trip out of it just to see Camelot, because that's the thing—I have never missed a leg of a Camelot tour since I became a fan of theirs. Which was oh heck yeah around. It, I was a late a late adapter, but it was around uh, Poetry of the Poison. Mm-hmm. That was the album that they were touring for at the time, and ever since then, I have not missed a single. Single
0: leg of the tour. <laughs> I I'm I'm the same with Camelot. I was a pretty late adapter. Like I didn't discover Camelot until after Roy Khan had already left the band. So
1: oh sad. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I do I had to like go back. Tommy, but <laughs> mm-hmm. the Black Halo is a near perfect album.
0: Oh yeah, I had to like once I discovered them and found out they had another lead singer. I actually had to like go back and listen to the stuff with Roy Khan on it, and I was like, whoa, this is really good too. <laughs>
1: Right. They're similar in certain ways, like in voice quality, but mm-hmm. definitely their performance style, um, even vocally, is very different.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah. that's something that I do want to touch on because I heard what you said earlier about writing the harmonies and stuff. So how, uh, how much training have you had? Because it sounds like you've obviously had some. <laughs> um, a lot with singing, mm-hmm.
1: nothing with composition. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. That's um, awesome. I was first kind of thrust into performing when I was about 6 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's been kind of a lifelong thing. Uh my Nana, uh unfortunately passed away a couple years ago, but Aww. she was basically who raised me and her whole life she wanted to be a singer. It never happened for her because she didn't didn't have a fantastic voice, we will put it
0: that way. Aww.
1: I mean, I loved it when she sang me lullabies, but people were not gonna be like buying her albums. Mm-hmm. Um and so um I think it was Beauty and the Beast. She heard me yeah. singing to that, which is like my all-time favorite Disney movie.
0: Yay! You
1: know, oh my gosh, Belle. She's like the queen of nerds. <laughs> yes,
0: yes, she is. But so
1: singing along to her stuff, my Nana could hear even at five or six years old that I had a tonality that she thought could very much be molded. And just, she started training me herself because I'm not sure if it's common like around everywhere, but out here you can't start taking vocal lessons until you're, I can't remember if it's 10 or 12, but it's one of the two. Uh, Nobody will see you before then.
0: I don't remember how old I was, but I remember I had to wait a little bit, too, because I was about five or so, and okay. they told my mother and my parents, like, yeah, you got to wait. So I don't remember how old, but yeah, I know you do have to wait a bit.
1: Yeah, and it's been so long now, I'm like, I can't remember. Yeah, like, I have Somewhere no around there.
0: Yeah, this was in the 1980s, y'all. I don't know.
1: <laughs> right? And so, like, so I had to wait a little bit, but until then, she trained me, um... I was in all the the stupid pageants and like talent shows Uh and stuff like I never Mm -hmm. did like the crazy swimsuit competition stuff when I was a kid and all that okay she wasn't like that crazy but anytime there was like a singing and dancing type situation I was definitely in that with like the big hair and the fluffy dresses and (laughs) all that kind of stuff way too much makeup for a child (laughs)
0: Looking like you were about ready to take glamour shots, basically.
1: Uh, Yeah. And I absolutely yeah. did glamour shots as well. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> that was a big thing back then. So, yeah. And uh, as far as like the, the choir side of things, I don't have a particularly high voice. I'm a mezzo at best. And a lot of the time I got put in the alto section, like in choir oh. in school and stuff, which actually gave me a really different perspective because as a soprano, you're like always getting the melodies. So that's not mm-hmm. really challenging, you know, your, your sense of uh, chords and stuff that much, but being kind of sandwiched in the middle, especially when um, I got older and was in jazz choirs and you're in the alto section, like the dissonant notes between you and the tenors are really intense. Mm-hmm. And so it gave me like an understanding of like chord structure and, and how things, when they're composed, even though you have some of like those gross dissonant notes in the middle, having the things resolving around it can make it sound so unique and, and neat. And so I think those experiences coupled with the fact that I was classically trained, just kind of like made up how my brain, you know, composes (laughs) as far as like choirs go.
0: That's super cool. I love the fact that so many people I talk to who are singers for metal, like a lot of them are indeed classically trained, which I think is amazing.
1: It almost kind of feels like you have to be. (laughs) Mm Hmm just cuz like when you think of like i mean uh because we were talking about him earlier thinking of somebody like Fabio Leone the, yes. the notes that he holds out and the amount of control that he has in his vibrato and like the dynamic changes that he can do where he can start off with just like a really soft note and hold it so long till it gets so powerful and then back it mm-hmm. off again that kind of control doesn't happen unless you are classically trained
0: Yep, that's true. That's very true. And even when you're thinking of, you know, the females, because there are some seriously like, in my personal opinion, anytime I hear a female fronted band, every one of them, including yourself, like there's some power behind your all's voices. And you can't get that without training. Unless you're uh, Sharon
1: from Within Temptation, never had a okay, day of well, training there are, in her there life. Are, there are
0: exceptions.
1: There <laughs> are know, exceptions. Right. And she's just so fantastic. It's like, yeah. how?
0: <laughs> yeah, there are definitely exceptions to that rule. But for the most part, it's like, it's like, there's no way you haven't had training to get like, you know, that level of control and, and hit those freaking notes too. Yeah. It's totally
1: true. <laughs> mm-hmm. I it's one of those things where like I listen to a lot of those female front. I mean, obviously it makes sense, but I listen to a lot of the female fronted yeah. bands as well. And there are definitely takeaways that you know I adapt from from pretty much all of them. Like I love um, Charlotte, the original uh, lead singer from Delane. And I was, Mm -hmm. I backed her Patreon for a long time during the pandemic. And like, I just, there are lots of things about her voice, like emulation, I think kind of sounds like maybe not the right term, but Mm -hmm. stylistic things that I would never have thought to do until I heard her. And one cool thing that she does uh, for her patrons is she makes her stems available so you can kind of isolate things. Oh, wow. And and mix them if you want to. But for me, I just
0: used it as, like, training. (laughs) I I think that's super cool, though, that you're like, oh, wait, I'm going to use this as a tool. (laughs) Well, I mean, uh, you know, it's one
1: of those things where it's like a habit, so.
0: (laughs) Right, right, yeah. Might as well. That makes plenty of sense. But I still, like, you know, I I was saying not long ago, it's not that... You know, sure, yeah, you can name uh, female metal singers, but when you look in the scheme of things and you make a comparison, there's not a lot.
1: No, not really. Well, and unfortunately, that's not just metal, that's across the mm-hmm. board. Yeah, it is. Somebody had told me this before. Um, I, can't, I wish I could remember who was telling me this, but they're like, statistically, there are more women that have the ability to sing than men. It's more common, um, scientifically speaking, for women to be good at singing than it is for men. But if you look at the music industry, there's an overwhelming amount of men that become famous over women or successful over women.
0: Not that I'm doing any research on this, but I could believe that. (laughs) I I, Truly, I could, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, because... I can't even. I was a choral instructor that I had at some point. He's like, well, you know, a female singer, there a dime a dozen. It's those men that are the diamonds in the rough. Well, huh?
0: (laughs) Yeah. um, Thanks. I guess. Like like he sure knew how to make
1: a girl feel special.
0: Yeah. Thanks for uh, (laughs) thanks for the compliment on my voice, there, buddy. What? Right. (laughs) 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 That's not okay. (laughs) <laughs> that i i could believe that yeah i yeah. could definitely like like i said i haven't done any research on it but i could certainly believe that for sure that you know but when you're dealing with metal it feels like i mean yeah sure there was like one female i can think of kind of early on with the sort of like you know power and symphonic metal sounds that we know today but other than that when you're looking at most of the pioneers of that sound they're, they're like they're male fronted bands yeah Mm -hmm. Well and
1: even with our style I've I've said it (laughs) To other people too I feel like we are more similar To like Camelot Than we are To like symphonic metal bands You Mm -hmm. know traditionally Because when you think of Nightwish Or you're thinking of Epica Those are definitely the more traditional Like um, you know Female fronted symphonic metal And I don't feel like we really Necessarily fit in with them but maybe more like Delain. Delane would be a good, uh, um, yeah, style similarity. I think, but they're not. Even though they technically are considered symphonic metal, they're not really either.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I consider them kind of genre crossers, just like a couple of others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't full on throw Delain into symphonic now. I would personally. That's just my opinion. But yeah, I would kind of be like, no, that's a little more on the like genre crossing, sort of experimental side of things.
1: Yeah, I would say so too. Mm-hmm. But like as far as the composition wise goes Matt incorporates a lot of orchestra In our music Which makes us a little bit more symphonic But we don't have any mm-hmm. opera So it's like we're not really traditional In yeah. our sound So yeah it's it's difficult
0: <laughs> So you're just doing what you want For your own sound
1: <laughs> right. I mean don't get me wrong I can sing in opera I've, I'm classically trained But mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just not what we collectively want sure
0: yeah 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 I mean that's like it's not not that I'm saying anything against any band that does that because obviously I like a couple bands that do that but sometimes it's like when you're dealing with especially symphonic metal going like straight in that genre and female-fronted you expect to hear that yeah Mm -hmm. like you expect to basically hear Nightwish all over again it's like but it doesn't have to be that way
1: no, and in the future we might dabble with it a bit. Um, I I know that within Temptation has changed a lot over the years, but even with them adopting more of a poppy sound, every now and then they'll still put like a bridge in, or Sharon will end the song in you know a big operatic finish. And so we're not opposed to doing something like that. But you're coming from us, you're never going to hear like a a ghost love score
0: mm-hmm. where it's
1: majority. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh, right. And the, yeah. But again, like, I love that because you guys are sticking to like, this is our sound and this is what we want. Definitely. It's kind of, kind of empowering. (laughs) That's that's amazing. That's something that I mentioned on another episode, as I said, I feel like, and maybe you can feel free to completely disagree with me. We can debate it (laughs) if you want. It's cool. Personally though, (laughs) I feel like those of us who are women that are really into metal. I'm like, I feel like metal kind of gives us the ability to be a little stronger, you know? Yes and no. I mean, There is something
1: to be said about when you're up there, especially like as a performer, Mm -hmm. like singing with that like epic stuff behind you. You do have a tendency to feel more powerful or even when I hear the tracks come back, I'm like, oh, gosh, that sounds so cool. And it makes me feel strong and stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, there is a real toxic side to being a female. Well, anywhere. But in metal, because you are expected to look a certain way. And if you're like a little heavier, you know, there's definitely comments made about that. Or like, I have definitely had comments not with this. I was in a a project before this and um, we were looking to get signed by a label and they wanted to put it in the contract that um, they needed to have more control over my wardrobe because i wasn't like exposing enough and women should be (gasps) more sexual (laughs) basically
0: oh my god yeah (laughs) so it's just
1: there women are still objectified a lot in the space like uh, simone simmons is such a, a perfect example of this she is gorgeous and you know, she's basically Mary Poppins. She's practically perfect in every way. <laughs> like and her voice is on another level phenomenal. But when mm-hmm. when Epica releases new stuff and they're posting on their social media, you know, their new clips of videos and stuff you'll see a couple of comments where people are like, oh, this sounds so cool. I can't wait for this album. But 90% of them is, oh gosh, she's so beautiful. Oh, I love her so much. I wish she was mine. It's just, it's the nature of it. So even though she is cool and being badass and probably, you know, I'm sure she does feel powerful, but at the same time, I know that she's still seeing those comments and feeling objectified as well. There's no way that she couldn't. (laughs)
0: That's so it's so interesting for me to hear your perspective on this, because obviously I don't perform, you know, I'm not in a metal band at all. So right. hearing your side of this is absolutely not just fascinating, but eye opening at the same time.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a weird world. And I think mm-hmm.
0: it's the music industry in
1: general. Everybody yeah, feels sure. like once you're a performer, you're not a person anymore. You definitely exist for, for them to a degree.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah, and see, like when it comes to music in general, like on the industry, well, I do have training for singing. I have always kind of ended up sort of behind the camera on things, you know, on the business side of things. And so I have seen the experiences some female performers have had, but they're not experiences that I've ever had personally. So, right. Mm -hmm. That's interesting And as far as making those comments Boys, y'all way too freaking thirsty Stop it (laughs) I'm like, I get it
1: I'm attracted to her too But I don't go on there and say that
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm not going to go You know, And I've seen plenty of female singers Where I'm like, this woman is absolutely gorgeous But I'm not going to go on Instagram For their new album and be like Wow, she's amazing You know, like that kind of thing
1: Exactly Mm -hmm. Or like, um cobra and the lotus is another good example because she cobra really came in the limelight because she toured with camelot and now she's married to tommy and Mm -hmm. like there was a video that they had done where it was a little scandalous um i have nothing against that but people felt because it was scandalous like it was okay for them to make just absolutely disgusting comments But one of the most common themes was, oh, gosh, Tommy's so lucky or I wish I could be getting Tommy's, you know, bird's eye view and stuff like that. I'm like, come on.
0: Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Like, y'all stop. I think I did see something similar that Um, I don't know if you saw the video and if you have a small human about, please don't go look at this video, but um, (laughs) Beast and Black's hardcore music video was very sexual in nature. And I I actually really enjoyed the video. I kind of understood what they were doing. And I was like, okay, there's some parts here is somebody who did what I did for a living where I'm like, oh, don't do that. But otherwise, (laughs) but oh my God, some of the things that I saw commenting on the woman in the video, I was like, y'all, damn, like just down boy, (laughs) you know? I
1: know. And so like, it is one of those weird things where when a woman is feeling herself and like, you know proud of how she looks and feeling confident or sexy somehow that the the viewership feels that that's their open door to just say whatever weird thing comes into their head and I'm like no just because she was like exposing you know a little bit more than you might normally see it doesn't give you consent to say whatever first pops into your mind or whatever weird Mm -hmm. fantasies you are having about this. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I don't know the name of the woman that was in the video, but she was definitely feeling herself and she was quite exposed. And it was obvious that she was very proud of her body and had every reason to be because she's absolutely gorgeous. But some of the people were just like, whoa, a mostly naked woman. And it's like, dudes, come on now.
1: Yeah. And it's just,
0: it's unfortunate. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's really, like I said, I, I, I love and hate that you have that side on that perspective on it. Yeah. I I love it because that's your perspective and that's your experience. And I hate at the same time that some of those are your experiences too, for obvious reasons.
1: Right. I will say though, as I'm, getting older I get that less and less so that's nice
0: <laughs> yeah you know I'm like I'm a little on the lucky side because like I don't really do much on camera you know sometimes people have seen me on Instagram and I've gotten some comments on Instagram that I just remove because I'm like yeah fuck you um, right because I'm too damn old to care about going to town with an internet idiot. You know, I'm like, no, <laughs> honey, we're not doing this right now. But, you know, being 41 years old, like sometimes people are like, oh, my God, you look like blah. And I'm like, oh, just shut up. It's just,
1: I don't know why people feel the need to comment about how other people look. It's just, yeah.
0: why? I don't I don't understand that either I mean look if you're if you're talking about commenting because you think somebody looks great then yeah do it but have a little tact when we do it <laughs> that would be that would be a good thing I know and
1: like I'm I'm sorry if anybody's triggered by this conversation but it's one of those things where if you are maybe you know it's it's time to look inward and and
0: ask yourself why. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you. that's, that's true. Yeah. If this conversation bothers you, or if you're like, oh, this is just a bunch of women bitching, well, then maybe, <laughs> maybe it's time to just chill and be like, huh, why are we bitching? <laughs> you know? It's so true. <laughs> yep. That's, that's accurate. I, I think, I think that's a great statement to make on that. And like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't like, I don't even like giving bad reviews on music. Like, I don't like doing that. You know, I know, because um... you know somebody <laughs> works so hard on it. Yes! Yes! That's it. And I, I know. know they care about what they do. And and there's that other side of me where I hear the talent. I know what they're doing. I know I'm like, these are talented musicians. These are great, talented singers. And I didn't like it, and now I feel terrible.
1: <laughs> right. So on the Camelot note, I definitely felt that way when they released the One More Flag in the Ground sing- uh, single. Uh Um, I was listening to it. I'm like, oh no! I'm like, is this what the whole album's going to sound like? And so, like, no, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, I definitely, I didn't want to like put it down, but I definitely was disappointed because, like, that's the thing, and that's something that we really strive for as a band. And I know that it's not everybody's Mm -hmm. same opinion, so it's definitely unique to me, but. One thing I liked about Roy Khan and Camelot is that you can listen to any song of his or of theirs during that era and you can pinpoint exactly which album it came from because there is a unique theme and sound to each of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, And I feel like over the last two or three albums with Camelot and Tommy, any of those songs could be on any of the albums because they're all kind of the same theme and they all kind of sound the same. Mm-hmm. And I know some people like that. They don't like the variances so much. But I don't know. I definitely like to see bands like shaking it up and doing something like different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or like on, on Camelot going with that. They all sound the same. But then you've got those one or two songs on the album where you're like, where did this come from? <laughs> right. Or mm-hmm. it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't quite fit with anything else. Yep. Yep. I get that too. That was, uh, I I reviewed their latest album when it first came out and uh, I actually liked One More Flag in the Ground, even though like I know what it was written for. At that time, I was going through a pretty messy divorce. And so, yeah, yeah, I was like, man, these lyrics are really speaking to me right now. So I'm here for it. But there was a couple songs on the album that I was like, what? Where did this come from? (laughs) Like, what is going on right now, y'all? See, and I,
1: I'm wondering like which which ones were kind of that way for you Where you were like, what where did this come from?
0: Um, so the track with Melissa Bonnie on it was the one where I was kind of like, this doesn't fit. And I oh. forgot the title of that track and now I'm gonna like genuinely pull it up right now and look it up because yeah, that is one it, is it was new one. Babylon? yes yes see that That's
1: one it. i loved right away it felt a little more like epica style to me mm-hmm. in the beginning but i also really like ad infinitum so like it kind of i do too it kind mm-hmm. of had their essence as well so i thought that was really cool yeah. collab. my mm-hmm. favorite song on the album is uh what is it midsummer's
0: dream midsummer's eve yeah midsummer's and Eve. and i'm only saying that because i'm literally looking at the album right now so. right, well and i'm like a dork and like i'll remember if i'm
1: singing it I, even to myself i'm sitting here i'm like mm-hmm. you know singing it to myself i'm like what is it yeah i can sing it to you i can't tell you the title yep <laughs> but that's probably my favorite song on the mm-hmm. album actually uh and i love um Opus of the Night, that one's another phenomenal track. Yeah,
0: I was going to say Opus of the Night was an amazing track off of that. And I mean, overall, like, I did not give this album a bad review uh, because it wasn't bad. It's very good. But there were a couple songs where I was kind of like, what what are we up to? Um, Yeah. And then last episode uh, Temperance came out with a new single and mm. I even like I'm still cringing saying it because I didn't like the single and and I feel so <laughs> bad because I love Temperance they're so good
1: <laughs> right well Matt and I just had like a pretty in-depth um, conversation about how we feel about it's not really an album it's kind of like their teaser mini album from Within mm-hmm. Temptation the bleed mm-hmm. bleed out. He does not like it he <laughs> at all oh no! and i'm like oh my gosh i'm like what are you talking about i literally cried over one of the songs Aww. and what we were realizing is he's listening to the instrumental side and for mm. me like the sound of it okay but i was so captivated by the lyrics and sharon specifically we were basically listening to two different albums
0: Oh, no. see, that's, yeah, that's it. It's like, you're listening. It's so interesting. And, you know, I think, like, it's funny because I've been reviewing music for a really long time. And sometimes people look to you to be like, well, what's your opinion on it? And they right. actually take it as like, oh, well, that's just what the album sounds like. It's like, you do realize that this is just what I think, right? Like, I'm not, <laughs> you, you should still go listen to it because you may not agree with me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and that's the thing is that everybody's listening to it with different ears. And while mm-hmm. while sometimes it might make you sad when you don't particularly care for or resonate with a band that you really love and you feel yeah. bad, because you're like, I wanted to
0: love this. Yes, I do.
1: <laughs> it's one of those things where, you know, like, like you were saying, somebody else could come in listening to it with a different perspective and feel completely differently about it.
0: Yeah, and that's that's true. I mean, uh, Serenity just recently released a new single with Roycon on it, actually. And I love it, but a couple of people I know were like, nope, didn't like it. I'm like, oh, how dare you? You know, like that kind of thing.
1: <laughs> I'm like, he can do no wrong. Yeah, Stop no,
0: it. no. And, and neither can Serenity in my eyes either. So it's like, no, you like it. You just say that right now.
1: <laughs> so. I did see a post on the, the Roycon fan page on Facebook yesterday saying to listen to it I haven't been able to yet because as
0: it's previously mentioned I have a three-year-old that's constantly screaming at me But <laughs> you know it's okay it doesn't last much longer I promise you I've been here it does not last much longer <laughs> <laughs> like trying to listen to anything I'm like well I
1: heard half of that maybe
0: <laughs> yeah I uh I I had uh I had a hand in raising too and I can see that um Boys at that age can be a lot louder than girls at that age. Oh, for real. Uh, but then it switches. Then it switches. Hmm. So it's okay because he's going to get quieter soon, I promise. One thing I hope he doesn't lose is like, I had mentioned this in our
1: our private conversation on Discord, but he actually loves metal. And yeah. he's actually like a really good growler. I'm super jealous because Dude, it's not yes. something I can do. Yes, I'm like, please don't lose this. (laughs) I love that. I I hope this continues to be your life. Like, maybe be quieter in every
0: other aspect, but please continue to do this. That is so cool. You gotta like take a video of him trying to growl or something. That would be like everybody would love that. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's so
1: true. It was so funny. Um, I was doing laundry one day, and he likes to help me. And then suddenly he stops and he, he, he likes to drum on it mm-hmm. on the washing machine, but suddenly he stops. He looks at me, he starts hitting it really fast and just, just like the, the, I can't even pretend to do a growl, but mm-hmm. you know, just pretend that's what he did. I'm like, Oh my gosh, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> like, awesome. I like, love that.
0: I love that. Like you said, you said earlier, you got to start him young, you know? So true.
1: <laughs> when he was about, three or four months old. I would have music on all the time and Mm. ghost love score came on while he was in the middle of a tantrum and just screaming. Uh, I guess, I guess at three or four months old, you can't really call it a tantrum, but he was having a bit of a meltdown. He stopped and he listened to almost the entire song and then fell asleep. Oh, wow. I was like, are you kidding? And so then we started playing that song all the time I know that song inside and out at this point, and I'm pretty sure that Nightwish probably got like a huge spike in there. Hey, <laughs> Spotify my plays soundtrack. that track, yeah, yeah, exactly, because it was constant. Anytime we were having a problem with him at all, we would put that song on, and he would just be lulled to sleep.
0: <laughs> I love that though. Yeah, but you know what? Her voice could lull you to sleep. Oh like, my gosh, it's true. Yeah hmm She's got that beautiful, soothing quality, so I, I could see that putting a, a baby to sleep, for sure. Right. And then, like, I can never actually
1: pronounce their name correctly, but I had told you also, I think it's Elevite.
0: Oh, then, yeah. I've got nothing on pronunciation with that one.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I have no idea, but there's that nope. song. I think it's pronounced Enis Mona.
0: Mm-hmm. He loves that song.
1: Aw, that's another one that will like just
0: calm him. <laughs> that's so cool, and she's she's got a great voice too. Now she can she yeah. can belt it, but at the same time she can get nice and soothing as well. So I could see that. It's true. I love that though. So you're <laughs> Like uh, whatever lullabies, no, we're doing metal. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's so true. <laughs> That's the same. I was telling you, My, uh, I'm not going to go too into it because he didn't give me permission, but my roommate has a three-year-old and uh, he's a guitarist and she's got like, you know, her little drum set. And she was saying earlier today that she just had to dance. So I just like threw on a playlist. So here she is like dancing around to, like, you know, Rhapsody of Fire and Bloodbound. <laughs> and I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> You're like, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she likes metal, though. Like she she knows what metal is and she does. She enjoys it. I think that most people
1: probably would if there wasn't such a stigma around it.
0: Yeah. 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 I think. My mother does not. I haven't found one yet that she likes. She's trying. Aw. Yeah. I keep, like, sending her a little bit here and there. Because she'll always be like, all right, well, let me hear this then. And she's like, no, didn't like that either. I'm like, ah, (laughs) come on, mom. So. So We're working on it.
1: (laughs) My mom
0: was really, really young when she had
1: me like 16 Mm -hmm. years old. young.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, that is young.
1: Yeah. And so um, I did spend a lot of my upbringing with my Nana. Uh Uh-huh. But when I would hang out with my mom, she loved like ACDC. She loved Slayer. She adored Metallica. And Mm -hmm. so like, I definitely had that, you know, exposure as a child. But then, mm-hmm. like growing up with my Nana, I get my love of the Beatles from her. And she, yes. she loved like Merle Haggard and Glenn Campbell, <laughs> and, like people uh, like that. Yeah. So I listened to a lot of that with her, but then listened to this other stuff with my mom. So I definitely got a lot of like exposure. And I think when you're that young and you're that malleable and you, you're not introduced to the stigma of anything yet, you're kind of. Free to decide what you like, just based on how the sound mm-hmm. makes you feel, and so, yeah, and so I think I don't know, I think that children are a great a great testament to that because you play a metal song for a child, most of them are going to like it,
0: yeah, <laughs> that's true, that's very true and my my influence i I always i'll say I liked metal before I knew I liked metal because <laughs> I had the same kind of experience where it was my dad who listened to like kind of some of the pioneers of the metal sound today and mm. I didn't even realize that that's what they were until later on in life and so you know it was like I loved like Judas Priest and Iron Maiden and stuff like that and had Hell yeah. no idea <laughs> how much I liked metal before I actually liked metal you know and like I remember Dio and listening to that too
1: yeah, absolutely Dio I can't believe I forgot about them until
0: just yeah now. well I was like I was you know I was born in the early 80s so <laughs> some of this was like yeah <laughs> Some yeah, of this and was, I was actually like these people were around then,
1: <laughs> right? And I was mid eighties, so like mm-hmm. music didn't really start getting on my radar until like the end of the eighties, like early nineties.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's usually kind of like that's about the right age. Yeah. So for me, it was more like towards the mid eighties is when I was like, oh wait, music is a thing. So I remember that,
1: right? Because I would mm-hmm. sing the stuff, but you know, you're not really thinking about like, oh yeah, this is my favorite.
0: No, you don't. You don't think about that at that age. You just know you like it, and that's about it. And yeah,
1: you're my weirdo son who's four years old and asks for specific songs for Google Minis to play. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but I mean, well, so his mother's a singer, which makes <laughs> sense to me. I don't know if his dad's a musician or not, but if not is, at all. Like, okay, I was gonna say, you know, like the kid, the kid could be set then, because my dad uh, did play some music, and both of my grandparents were trained singers, and so like I kind of inherited the music thing from them. I think
1: that makes sense.
0: Yeah, but my brother didn't. He didn't. He didn't like never found a love for music. Never found a need to play an instrument or anything like that.
1: It's interesting how that happens, because I actually have five younger sisters.
0: Wow. I know. <laughs> well, like I said, I...
1: my mom got started like really early.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, six. Wow. Your mom is an absolute superwoman. Holy cow. <laughs> and there, there is a set of
1: twins in
0: there. Still, um, <laughs> that's even that's even harder. That's two at once.
1: <laughs> well, and then uh, my youngest sister, Sabrina, she was like the surprise bundle where my parents thought, thought that they were super done, and they're like, <laughs> "Oh, guess what? I was twelve when she oh, was wow. born." So yeah. yeah, they definitely that was not a plan, but like she's amazing, and I'm so glad, I'm so glad that she exists. <laughs> but I mean, same for all my sisters, but. You know she was the one that we weren't expecting but um only one of them has really pursued music in any facet like the rest of them like one of them likes it a lot and then she listens all the time and you know we can have conversations mm-hmm. and when before she became a mom she was going to all the festivals and everything
0: ah uh, yeah but the rest of them are just like eh <laughs> So yeah, that's, that's kind of my brother is he listens to music, he knows what he likes. And um, he listens to quite a bit of metal, but definitely not the genres of metal I like. Mm. So that's, that's amusing. But as far as <laughs> like, you know, talking in depth about music or whatever, he and I have never been able to do that either. So
1: I have the one sister that I can talk to in depth about music, but our mm-hmm. tastes are very different. Yeah, like, as were my favorite bands, you know, we've had conversations about that already but like her favorite band is Panic at the Disco
0: oh wow (laughs) yeah yeah that is different (laughs) right and
1: she listens to like a lot of Ruel Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: so it's it's just one of those things where I'm like I can see the value in those things um I don't hate them but they're not things I'm going to seek out or analyze to that degree yeah
0: yeah no I'm not I'm not either I mean like I remember hearing Panic! at the Disco, kind of like the earlier 2000s when they first came out. And I was like, well, this guy's got a good voice. But other than right. that, that's kind of all I thought. Yeah. I There's one track of
1: theirs called Nine in the Afternoon that mm-hmm. I love a lot. But it's because it reminds me of the Beatles.
0: <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I have not
1: attached to anything else.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not not really like... I, I, I have joked with people. They're like, well, what kind of music do you like? Because I like this. And I'm like uh has it been considered mainstream since 1995 in that case i haven't heard it (laughs) 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 which is usually true and you know it's like it's it is it's usually the truth um i through social
1: media particularly like reels um Mm -hmm. i've been exposed to a little bit more mainstream music these days yeah
0: yeah that's true but that's that's about where
1: i get (laughs) my mainstream music
0: yeah, that's the same for me. It's like, I'll listen to a song and once in a while I'll be like, that's kind of fun. Wonder what that is. And then I'll check it out and be like, oh, OK, have no idea who this person is. And they're like packing arenas, apparently. And I'm like, oh, wow. Interesting.
1: Right. Well, and so like, there's this whole other realm of things with like the K-pop groups that have really picked up traction over here. <laughs> And I'm going to go see a concert with my sister because that's another thing that she's super into. I have no idea who these people are. Nope. She just doesn't want to go by herself. I'm like, okay. And so she's like, I'm just going to buy your ticket because I know that, you know, you're not really into it and stuff. I'm like, okay. I thought we were going to go to like a small venue or something and she's like no she's like i got floor seats at the moda center which is like our huge venue that like taylor swift would come to oh wow i'm all what
0: yeah yeah it's like (laughs) who are these people
1: (laughs) i know what do you mean they're at the moda center and it's almost sold out
0: that's that's my mother funny enough my mother really likes the k-pop groups and this woman is turning 70 next year (laughs) but she really likes them she'll always tell me like oh yeah so and so and blonde I'm like mom who are you talking about she's like oh they're so cute and they do this and I'm like oh my goodness (laughs) it's funny that's amazing I mean
1: I am a former Like anime person, and the only reason I don't really watch anime now is just time constraints. Yeah, But but back in the day, I liked Mm -hmm. a lot of the J-pop stuff, so I mean, I I get the appeal. They are cute.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, they are. They are. And, you know, that's like, that's kind of my mom's thing, is she thinks they're super cute and she's like, and they do such great dances and whatever, and she's like, the music's so catchy, and I'm like, oh my god, mom, you like K-pop? That's amazing. Do you think baby
1: metal might be the you know, like the introductory drug for her into metal?
0: Oh, you know, I don't think I've ever tried to let her listen to baby metal. Um, I have, might be right I've, up her alley. Yeah, like <laughs> recently I tried with uh, Camelot and Battle because that's who I'm going to see on um, it, tomorrow, which yeah, this is being pre-recorded, obviously. Uh, and <laughs> my mom was like, no, I didn't like it. And like, I've tried with beast in black and rhapsody and a few other and my mom's always like no don't like it i'm like mom (laughs) yeah i should try baby metal right
1: um i adore battle beast as well i'm really excited i'm
0: so excited to see xandria i have never seen them in person before (laughs) that's yeah i that and, and Battle Beast is like, not that I'm not excited to see Camelot, because I am, but I'm really excited for Battle Beast. Well, when Camelot
1: did their tour with Delane, Battle Beast was with them then. Mm-hmm. And so that was my, I had not really heard them before. And so seeing them live was my first exposure to them. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they're amazing.
0: Yeah. They're really good. Yeah. And I like a lot of their songs, too. And um, I was told that apparently their lead singer is kind of like just as good live as you hear on the album. Like she's got that level of control even live. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait for this if that's the case. Uh, I hope I don't set your expectations too high. But in my opinion,
1: she's better. Because she's got a very powerful voice that I don't think comes through as much in the recordings. But when you're there and you can, like, feel, like, her voice resonate on the walls and stuff, it's just, it's way different. And and I like that experience better.
0: Okay, now I'm really looking forward (laughs) to this. She's (laughs) so great. It's like, it's it's gonna be, this poor woman has such a high bar now because now, like, you and Pete both have hyped her up so high. (laughs) I don't think you'll be disappointed unless she has,
1: like, a horrible cold or something. Because, like, okay. she is, she's really fantastic. And, like, the 80s style metal is not really my jam, if I'm being mm-hmm. honest. So the fact that they made the kind of impression on me that they did is kind of amazing in itself.
0: Oh, that's so, so cool, though. Yeah, I really I like that. them. I'm, I'm now really looking forward to this tomorrow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and because I'm kind of a jerk, I was kind of disappointed that they, because like I love Delane and I love Camelot. And when I found out mm-hmm. there was another band touring with them, I'm like, hmm, they're just taking away time from Delane and Camelot. Yeah. So like I already was like feeling pretty negative about them and they still made that kind of impression on me. So,
0: <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I <laughs> yeah. saw, I love when that happens though, when something mm-hmm. like that happens, because that happened a uh, while ago. Beast in Black played here with Nightwish. And so, like, you know, like, this was Beast in Black's first time in Denver. And I know a lot of people that were at that show were kind of like, well, who are these guys? And they didn't care. And so when they went on, like, I'm like, wow there's nobody in here right now. They're all at the bar. And then all of a sudden, like you saw more people creeping in and more people creeping in. And by the time they were in like their four, fourth song or something, everybody's in there throwing up the horns. And right. I, I was like, it was obvious it made a huge impact on the crowd. And I was like, that's so great. <laughs> it's cool when that happens. So I had been living under a rock. <laughs>
1: and then I didn't know who Hammerfall was until about five years ago. Oh wow, okay. <laughs> I know. Somehow just never, I don't know. I don't know how. It's it's really no, sad. No, I can
0: I can see how that could happen. <laughs> I absolutely could. Yeah. So, they toured with Delane, and
1: I went mm-hmm. and saw Delane up in Seattle at I believe it was the El Corazon. And <laughs> it was so funny because half the audience didn't actually know who Delane was. And the other half legitimately had no idea who Hammerfall was. (laughs) (laughs) And you could tell because, like, depending on who was on the stage, like, the people that, like, Hammerfall had opened. And so, like, you had all these people that were against the stage. And then when uh, Delane was coming on, everybody kind of, like, left (laughs) and moved to Uh the back and stuff. But I was in the back for Hammerfall. And uh, I ended up getting into a conversation with this guy that was there. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I said, I've never heard them before, but they're amazing. He's like, what do you mean you've never heard them before? <laughs> so offended. He's like, I don't know who these these no-namers are that they're touring
0: with. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so yeah, Bro, we're going to get into a fight.
1: <laughs> I know. But, you know, like you were saying, about halfway through each of the sets, like everyone was into it mm-hmm.
0: for both yep. sets. So, yeah. Yeah, I love it when that happens, and I know that like a lot of people here probably are not that familiar with Battle Beast, so I think it's going to be interesting to see how people start like packing in on that one, too. Yeah, oh, and they will. They will. Yeah. (laughs) I know even, even my roommates, like, yeah, I'd never heard Battle Beast before. I'm like, that's because you don't listen to anything released after 2000, but that's okay. Yeah, that would be make it hard <laughs> to have heard them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even even with Camelot, like he's like, Yeah, I haven't really listened to them since Khan left the band, and I'm like, Oh bro, come on now.
1: <laughs> In some ways I can understand
0: that though, just because of how much the sound changed, but like mm-hmm. I feel like you should at
1: least give it a chance.
0: I've I've been forcing him to listen. Like I've I've kind of played some of the newer singles and stuff. So he, he's familiar now. So yeah. That's good. All right. Well, we're gonna wrap up this show right <laughs> now. And I know it seems like we can keep talking. But yeah, I we're, know. we're at our hour mark. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. That was awesome. Yes,
1: absolutely. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry I didn't talk about my band that much. <laughs>
0: That's okay. That's not, you know, like, like I said at the beginning and like I tell anybody that comes on, I'm not, you don't have to talk about your band. You can talk about whatever you want. That's just, we'll go where we go. And that's all there is to it. So that's, that's awesome. This has been a very fun conversation. (laughs) Yay. I'm glad. And for those of you listening, of course, like I said, the links to Terminal Dusk, their new music video and the venue they're going to be playing at tomorrow will all be right there in the show notes down below. My name is Candace, otherwise known as the Metal Mama, and I'll see you guys next time.